Welcome to the Recon Podcast. In today's episode, we get to know two remarkable leathermen, Barkley and Joe. We get an insight into their leather journey and their encounter on Recon that blossomed into a relationship. They also share some wisdom on how to make a fetish relationship work. Please enjoy the episode. So my name, my real name is Joe. Um, I also have a surname, uh, Master Alistair, uh, but my screen name is Sadistic Master for Slaves. I've had my journey through BDSM. I started as a as a sub, and um, now I've really felt a connection, and I feel like I am who I'm supposed to be by being a dom. And my name is Barkley, although on Recon, I am Leather Edge, as well as on some other social media. And I also kind of work my way up from the bottom um, uh, to become a top. Uh, for me personally, um, it's probably easier for me to listen, list what I'm not into, but um, that's just kind of a um, kind of a jokey thing I say. But really, my, uh, my, ma- uh, my main fetishes are um, I like pain. I like administering pain. Leather gear is a must for me. Leather gear um, for me as a, for me as a dom and for the sub to have leather gear is really critical because I find a lot of connection uh, through the leather. Um, and for me, it's not just like wearing leather; it's feeling comfortable in the leather, and it it kind of identi- it not identifies me, but it, it, it's a part of who I am. Also, I'm into scat. Uh, I'm a, a scat top, and um, I also enjoy um, uh, needle play, whipping, flogging. I do some medical scenes that involve like cutting. I do like ashtray play. Um, I love a sub to, to service my boots. I like heavy bondage, and uh, I'm sure there's more that I. But those are like my top. Um, Top one, so uh, it's like I said, it's really easy for me to say what, <laughs> what I'm not into. Oh, um, man stink is a big one for me. Uh, I love I love a man that smells like a man. Um, no deodorant, no cologne, no freshly showered, and those are on my profile. <laughs> so those are like those are a must, a must. So yeah. Yeah, let me start by saying that I am not into scat. So you don't have to have all the same fetishes as your partner to have a really good relationship. Uh, I am into boots, lots of leather, gloves, cigars, and those are right now my core fetishes. I've, I've evolved a lot. I, I'm, I used to be into more things that I'm not into anymore. I used to be really into bondage, and I think it's important for anyone to kind of let themselves evolve in kink, you know, and the challenge for me is a lot of people because of the way I look would sort of expect certain things of me and I just gave it to them. But I've been really thinking about now, what do I like? And I'm kind of building that list from scratch. So I'm going to stay with those four core fetishes, boots, gloves, leather, cigars. And there's more beyond that, but I'm still kind of feeling my way through. We just watched Hocus Pocus last night. It's one of my favorite Halloween movies. And there's a there's a cop in the movie, and he's like leathered up, and he's on a motorcycle. And I remember I was telling him like when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Ooh, 
man, I, that's, that's, that's my type of guy. For me, it's always been the, the leather. Um, it kind of, it kind of stemmed from there. Um, I remember there was this, there was a show on uh, USA network. It was called silk stockings. And there was, there was this, um, this episode where this guy was wearing a leather hood and a harness and he was going around killing people. <laughs> so, I mean, not the, not the killing part, but like just I've always been attracted to maybe the, the darker side of leather. Um, and when I first um, kind of felt that, part of me kind of felt like maybe it was wrong. Um, but again, I like that. Um, so, and then it grew into uh, just I, the, the smell of leather. I mean, I... Um, uh, my mom bought me my first leather vest when I when I was in uh, a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I just I mean I, I love I loved it. I, I had to wear it, you know, you know, and that's kind of the leather kind of stemmed the kind of leather grew, and then I started experimenting. My my first sexual experience um, was in high school. And, um, I totally lied to my mom about it, obviously, because she, you know, uh, was cat grew up Catholic and there's a little bit of that Catholic guilt going on there. So I remember, uh, we didn't have like recon or anything. There was a phone line that you called and you like, you know, Hey, press, you know, press this number if you like this profile. <laughs> uh, and I went and I, I, I fucked this guy and had my vest on and it just felt like, wow, this is hot. This is the first time I'm hearing all this. So I love it. <laughs> and of course I had lied to my mom. She, she thought I was at a party for my friends, but my, my intention was to go to a party after I was finished. But my, my brother got me in trouble. He was like, Oh no, Joe's not here. And of course it was just all a big, big mess, but I still didn't tell her about it. You know, and, um, but yeah, for me, that, that, that was probably how I got into it. And then from there, it kind of stemmed from, you know, just things happening. I didn't really like a guy fucked me and I, and I, and I cleaned his dick off, you know, and that's kind of my first, you know, exposure to set to scat. Um, and then, you know, being tied up or being fisted and just things kind of happening that I wanted to try. I didn't really know what they were. But it was, it was really, it was important for me to have uh, people along the way that were willing to explain it to me. I don't know if I really felt safe, but I just wanted to experience it. But luckily nothing bad happened to me, you know, through those moments. So and that's, that's kind of where it kind of grew for me. Um, also, you were a boy. Yes, I was. And now you're not. Yes, That's a good story to tell. Yes. Um, yeah, so I was, I, throughout my, um, leather journey, um, I was more of a sub. My first sir, I became obsessed with and I wanted to do anything I could for him. I think part in those experiences, I maybe felt like I was doing, doing what he wanted me to do because, because I wanted to make him happy, not because I really liked it. And that's okay to a certain extent, but and as a boy, I had a boy, so I've always had a kind of a, a dom, aggressive side to me, you know. But then I got into a master-slave relationship, and it um, it was all about drugs, 
and um, he kept me high and um, I didn't, the fantasy of it was nice. And I just, I, when it, when it wore off, I just said, this is not something I can do. He was abusive. Uh, he treated me poorly. He lied to me kind of, kind of in that moment, kind of changed my, kind of changed my identity a little bit. Cause I was like, well, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe doing this as a sub. And I, I kind of, that grew. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a dom and I'm going to be a better dom than this guy. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to treat my subs like that. So that was kind of the turning point for me um, because I vowed that I would never treat a sub like the way I was treated. And I kind of broke that cycle. So, yeah. Thanks, baby. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, as far back as I can remember, I've had fantasies of being kidnapped and guys in leather and being tied up and, the first time I had sex, I was 17, and I met this guy behind the levees in New Orleans along the Mississippi River. And we went back to this place, and I insisted he tie me up before we do anything else. Not, not my advice to people. Not my advice to people. Don't go home with strangers you've never met for the first time and get tied up. But he went and borrowed a pair of handcuffs, and, and he handcuffed me, and that was my first sexual experience. And then... Um, you know, I grew up in New Orleans and there was a decent leather community there. So I was able to find the leather bar and I found this couple who came sort of my leather parents. But the whole first part of my journey was specifically about bondage and getting tied up. And then along the way, I discovered my tits were wired and then I discovered I liked boots. Um, and I was a bottom for a long time. And then around I, when I was 25, I got a crush on a guy in LA who smoked cigars. So I decided to smoke cigars and I grew facial hair for the first time. And that like just changed, like it's amazing what a little change in how you look can get. And there was a whole new field of men open to me. So then I started getting into uniforms and breath control and cigars and pipes. Um, but somewhere along the way, I would be playing with guys and they'd be tying me up and I would just be thinking in my head, I can do this so much better than they're doing. <laughs> and, and that was sort of when I started becoming a top and boys would approach me and call me sir. And at first it was a little weird. And then I realized that I had run out of men who could take me where I wanted to go as a bottom. And so I also sort of became this person who could do for others and do right by others. And, um, and then, so that happened right around when I was 30, sort of the turn of the millennium. And then soon after that, I also got into drugs and it was, oh, it was not fine. Fortunately, I was able to find recovery without it getting too bad. Um, and now, now my journey is sort of, I'm sort of taking a turn. I'm, I'm getting a lot more daddy energy in me. So I'm really kind of shifting, I think, where my leather journey is going to go next. You know, I launched the website in 1995. It is leatheredge.com, L-T-H-R-E-D-G-E.com. And it was really about finding more sex and it was a little bit about boredom. And in 1995, the web was a really small place. HTML had maybe six tags. And so it was kind of easy to learn how to do it by hand. And so because I started so early, I had this pretty significant presence because the, the pond was really small and there weren't a lot of other websites. So from 1995 to 2005, I maintained this personal homepage that morphed into kind of a community resource. I would have links to leather sites I would have some essays I wrote, some stories I wrote, tried to have a little bit of something for everyone, a lot of photos of me as well. 
And around 2005, it just became too much. And by then the web was huge and there were sites like Recon and, you know, the personal homepage kind of disappeared as things like Facebook and social media rose. So I took the site down, but I knew there was some content worth preserving just for historical reasons. Like this is what it was like children <laughs> before we had Recon and Scruff and Grinder and Instagram. This is how we used to do it. So I just sort of left it there on the website for people to find when they find it. And, you know, what's been amazing is I've, I've had people contact me because they found it and it really resonated for them. And we're talking about stuff that at this point is maybe 25 years old. And it's so meaningful to know that people can still connect my experiences from a very different kind of world. Need something tight and shiny for a special event? Want ideas for your next session? At Regulation, we're stocking thousands of products, including leather, rubber, toys, electro, restraints, and playroom furniture. Now shipping worldwide, or get free UK shipping when you spend over £25. Visit our London store or shop online at regulation.co.uk. Regulation. Kink. Delivered. Um... Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I was living alone, and you know, I had. Hold on, lady, get out of here! Cat is the cat. Um, I had maybe had one like traditional relationship where he wasn't into leather, but it was my first. It was like my first relationship. And, you know, we were monogamous and, you know, in in my, inside me, I was like, I don't, I don't want this. Like I want, I want to have kinky sex. I want to wear leather. And he just wasn't into that. Um, But for some reason, I thought that's what I had to do, you know, to be in a relationship Um, that ended. And then I was like, I'm done with that type of relationship. So pretty much the rest of my uh, career in dating has been master slave, serve boy. Then it shifted to I make the rules. Um, I do what I want to do. Um, I'll own you as an object, but you're one of 10 objects that I have. So you do what I say. And, you know, that kind of started, you know, me not feeling super fulfilled in some areas, but I wasn't looking for a relationship at all. Like that was the last thing from my mind. Um, and I was just scrolling through Recon, and uh, I came across. So I had admired his profile for many years prior to me actually approaching him. <laughs> um, so finally, you know, I, I was reading his profile, and he said being in sobriety, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." And so I sent him a message. Um, I said, "You know, us sober doms need to stick together." And, um, it was just like, it wasn't even an invitation to respond. It was just, Hey, this, I'm putting this out there. I respect what you're doing. And I respect, you know, I just respect your choice to be sober in this community where there is a lot of drugs. <laughs> he responded back. What did I forgot what you, what you wrote? Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Agreed and comma sexy. Agreed and sexy. Okay. 
<laughs> and he actually, for one of our anniversaries, he he had that like a written on a piece of paper and framed. That was like our first connection on recon. Yeah, I know it was very special. I have it at home. Um, so uh, yeah, that that started, and then from there, it was we started um, we started video chatting. We started, I mean, every day, and it just became like wow, like this, this is something I've been searching for my entire life, but never allowed myself to really become vulnerable to. We, we both wanted to say the L word. Um, we also want to say we love each other, but we wanted to see each other first. We wanted to like fa- say it face to face. Although he had a couple of slips. You had a couple of slips too. <laughs> Yeah, so my memory of it is I had just gotten out of a relationship um, last February, and it was a it was a sort of long time coming. So it wasn't a painful breakup because we'd been kind of breaking up for months. So I was out sniffing around and just I know it was just online. It was the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you know, dating in the pandemic, every it's a level playing field, right? Because if you're two streets over or two countries away. All we can do is talk right now because this was early pandemic. Everything's super locked down. And we had sniffed around each other's profiles for years. I mean, it's just been a long time. Uh, but I was in a relationship. He was in a different place, blah, 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 blah. So when he approached me, I was really excited. He's six foot seven. I don't know what that is in meters, but it's really big. He's super tall, <laughs> super gorgeous man. And we did have, we chatted a little bit on recon. We traded phone numbers. We texted a little. So we met on a Saturday on Recon, and then that Tuesday we did a FaceTime, and it lasted three hours. And essentially, we were goners after that. Like, after that one conversation, we were deeply in love. But it was a pandemic. We had never met. I think we ended up meeting within, like, three weeks or something. It was, yeah, it was, it was like, mid-April or something. It was mid-April. Yeah. And then we were in love, love. And that's all she wrote. Yeah. And I remember, I, I remember the, first time, the first time I came to see him in Fort Lauderdale. Um, he kind of, he kind of was giving me like uh, scavenger hunt directions to where he was. Cause he didn't want to be in the airport. I don't know. And so he was like giving me directions. I was like, okay, turn here and turn here and look for this and look for that. And when I, when I saw him, I, I approached him and he had a step, he had a step ladder in his car. So he could like stand up to, to so I wouldn't have to bend down to kiss him. <laughs> Because I'm like five seven, I don't know what that is. It was really six, seven. It was just so fucking adorable. I was like, I love this man. <laughs> and he flew down from Indianapolis to Fort Lauderdale in the middle of the pan- like the middle of the early pandemic in full leather. I mean, he got off. He, I see him walking into the parking garage. I think you had your langlets on. You had your jacket on. A little rolling suitcase, and I was like. Man, wow, wow. And I gave him a leather rose. Yeah, you got to me another trip, but um, that's okay. <laughs> I, I was doing a lot of work on myself because I had a lot of issues with compromise and trust, letting my walls down and being, being more emotionally available. So I was really working hard on that. And it was almost like this man was sent, sent for me, sent to me at the perfect moment because he's non-judgmental. He's compassionate. 
Um, he's caring. Um, he's always available. He, we're not codependent. Like we're not, we're honestly not codependent, you know, and, and he's sexy, he's sexy as fuck. Um, so, and he's into leather. I mean, he's all, all these, all these boxes were checked. And I just remember like just feeling so safe with him. And, you know, the intimate conversations that we had during sex and sex didn't become just like fucking. It was, we would talk before and then, you know, it, it became like, I'm really letting this man in to my heart, you know, and vice versa. So that obviously, you know, it had become hard on us because we were maybe, we weren't able to spend, you know, all the time with each other. We were maybe saw each other maybe once a month. Yeah. So that was getting really, really difficult. So (laughs) we were... We were having a cigar in the playroom and we were like in our gear and like we were just talking. Yeah, I think we'd already played some when we were taking a break. Yeah, we were taking a break. And, you know, I was time master, he had his cigar, and I just like it, it something, you know, I know I said, I love you, and I just really want to spend the rest of my life with you. And he said the same thing. And I was like, I just did it. I just got on one knee in the playroom and I just, I said, you know, I love you. And I, I, nothing more would make me happy than to be your husband and to marry you. Something along those lines. Um, I know it wasn't, I know it's not the most like traditional (laughs) story of getting, of getting engaged, but I knew at that moment, this is the man, this is, this is it. Like he is it. And, um, a lot of people in my life have told me like, Joe, you want to, you want to get married? Cause I, I never wanted to be, I did not want to get married. Uh, both my parents were divorced twice and I just, I, uh, but even my mom said she was like, and she's met Barkley and, um, she was like, I can't believe you want to get married. I was like, I know I mean, he's the one. Um, so yeah, it happened in the, in, in the playroom both in our leather. And I think, I think that's a statement of ourselves really being who we were, both leather, both cigars, you know, kinky. We, ourselves really, truly connected that moment as, as the people that we are inside, you know? And I just, I knew I just had to do it because I, I wanted, I wanted to like, I wanted to be official. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, to like, you know, this is, this is, this is my fiance. This is my partner for life. So, you know, it's not like, Oh, I took him to out to dinner and you know, blah, blah. And I got on one knee and like, I don't think that's really us anyway, but <laughs> I'm with me. Okay. <laughs> I want that shit. But I was like, but I was like, oh, this is going to be a story for people. <laughs> not exactly. I can't tell a full story. <laughs> yeah. My memory is, you know, we did that first FaceTime after we met and then, it was Joe. Joe's like, I, you send me a picture of you before you go to sleep. And I started doing that. I said, I want to see you before you go to sleep. And it turned into this ritual we call bedtime chat, mm-hmm. where we FaceTime each other from bed before we go to sleep. So that was one of the things that really became our relationship because we were investing that time in each other. And at first we saw each other every two weeks. We managed to do that for like four visits and that got expensive. And then it was once a month. And then we would do these virtual date nights on Friday where we'd be in full gear on Zoom having cigars, talking, maybe jacking off. Um, 
and we see each other as much as we can. And that's part of what really made the relationship happen. We had talked about marriage because I am the marrying type. I definitely want to, I always know I want to get married. And none of my other, really, in all of my relationships, we thought we were headed that way. And it just never happened. Uh, and when he first asked him, I didn't, I didn't know if he was serious. I mean, I knew he wanted to marry me. I didn't know if this is how he wanted to propose. <laughs> sure enough. So the rest of the scene, we were we were Googling wedding bands, actually. That was how we ended that scene. So. <laughs> now, because we want to get a house together, and those are really expensive. And so are weddings. Weddings are really expensive. So we're probably going to have something really small, maybe just family, because uh, we want to put that money towards a down payment. And I mean, we're hoping Joe can move down early next year because we don't want to get married before we can actually see each other every day. So Joe moves down. We have a small wedding. We save up. We buy a house with room for dungeon. Yes. He's made that very clear. Yes. And we live happily ever after. That's the plan. No. I, so I, said, I said, you can have whatever you want. Like, I don't care. I just want a big, I want a big, Play space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes buying a house more. I mean, buying a house is so hard to start with. When you're like, okay, we need a master bedroom. I need an office. Then we need a playroom. And then we're in Florida. People are always going to want to visit us. That's okay. We need a guest room. Oh, God, a four bedroom house. That's way over half a million US dollars here in Florida. Expensive. Yeah. You know, I imagine one day I will eat his shit. Because it's about intimacy and it's not a fetish of mine. And when he does it as a top, it's more about power. But for us to do it together, I think would just be extraordinary intimacy. So I expect to do that before we get married. That's the one I think we're going to explore together. And we both know that we're going to have to have some secondary relationships. Joe knows he needs a slave who, a pain and shit slave. And I'm like, baby, you go get that because you're not doing that to me. And I'm really at a point where I have this, not only just a great deal of daddy energy, but a great deal of mentor energy. Like I'm at a stage in my life where I want a boy, not who's going to serve me, but someone I can really teach everything I know about leather and kink and help them grow into this amazing leather man. And, and so I know that's going to be a future for me. And I know Joe's going to have a slave. You know, for me, it's, uh, I, I'm always looking for the most extreme thing. And I don't know if it's maybe something about my ego, but it's also like, I, I enjoy doing this stuff, you know, having a medical background, I'm a nurse, having a medical background. It's like, you know, I've done, I've done, I've, I've sutured, I've had to suture things before during a scene because maybe I went too deep or I, I remember I, I, I want a slave I was with uh, years ago. I pulled his nipple rings out. You know, and I sutured, I sutured the nipples by, by accident, I'm sure. No, he wanted it. Oh, my God, you're sick. Sick. So, um, but I I think I've always wanted to do castration. Um, and that's that's always kind of been a turn-on for me. And um, so, yeah, something, you know, and it's, for me, it's, it is about, it's all about power and control. You know, I'm, um, I'm seizing, I'm seizing someone's essentially their manhood. <laughs> um, to me, that's, that's a, that's an extreme level of power. 
Um, I've not, I've not actually, you know, done it yet, but something that I want to try. Not uh, with me. <laughs> it will not be catching me. Um, also, you know, I, I do mod- body modifications. I do cigar branding. I whip really hard and it leaves scars, uh, cigarette burns, stuff like that. But it's something I've also wanted to kind of create like a brand, like an actual symbol or brand of my, of my, of Master Alistair. And like eventually, you know, find a slave that I, I really want to maintain and keep. And I'd like to, I'd like to brand him with my brand eventually. So uh, that's just, that's just some of the things I've thought of. And, um, I, you know, and I, I like, the, I like, the I like, the I'll, I'll also say, I think the other, the other thing we're going to explore together in the future is just really intimate, loving sex together. Cause you know, he's a top, I'm a top. And when we're together, there's a lot of mutual kind of give and take, but saying things like this is the first person I've ever said, I love you to in the middle of a scene in a dungeon. So really cultivating this, it's, it's like our next fetish is kind of vanilla, Google Gaga. Um, I don't know about it. I don't know about it. Well, <laughs> but it's really about just learning how to be fully intimate while still being these scary leather people doing nasty things in a dungeon, but also just being completely vulnerable. And that's such a challenge because no one wants to be vulnerable. Yeah, sure. Um, I, th- I think for me, it's um, based on one word, trust. Um, it requires honest and open communication. And um, I don't, I don't, in the, in the past when I've had slaves, um, I've always, I've always prided myself on being completely clear in my communication about what I wanted. But somehow... They always hear what they want to hear <laughs> and you know, their perception of what, what, of what they wanted turns out to be something completely different than what I said. So I've always had issues with slaves becoming attached, wanting more than a slave role. And um, so that's something that I'm, I'm always really aware of. Um, for us though, um, I, I, I tell Barkley when I want to have a play date, um, I'm saying, Hey, I, I met the slave. Um, he kind of intrigues me a little bit. Um, I might have him over. We'll have a play session, see how it goes. Um, but he knows I'm kind of on the lookout for, for that. Um, and, um, so that's, I think that's really something open communication. Um, you know, we don't have to know all the details of everything, but he, he, he asks. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. We talked about everything, which is another amazing thing about him because I, I do some crazy stuff in scenes and he is never judging. He's never judgmental. And, um, and we, and we also put boundaries on certain things that we do with other people. Um, number one is no one, we don't sleep with anyone that, that, that bed, either at my place or his place, the bed is is our our bed and no cuddling. And that's the biggest one. Yeah, that's the biggest one. So, yeah. so for me, and I've had a lot of open relationships, some more successful than others. And that honesty, that communication is really important. But also sitting down together and figuring out, well, what are the things that are most important to us to keep ours? What are the things that are special? And for us, it's that holding each other in bed at night, falling asleep together. And that is 
hours and no one else can have that. And if he wants to go flood someone bloody, I'm like, sure, baby, go ahead. And he's fine with me doing other things because we always know that there's something that is completely ours alone. And keeping that kind of sacred, drawing that boundary and then being honest and also revisiting it. Like sometimes we find out where like there have been times where he's been a little jealous or I've been a little Jessica jealous and we've had to be like, oh, there's something else that we don't want to be doing with others. We're mm-hmm. going to put that on the list. So. So, first of all, you can find love on Recon. We are, we are sitting here as proof and evidence of that. And I think, you know, the problem with being a leather person dating is you have more boxes you need to check. So if I'm looking for someone who is gay, age appropriate, single, actually looking for a relationship, that's a lot of boxes. But if I add in into cigars, into leather, into bondage, the more boxes I have, the more impossible it is to find someone in my local dating pool because there are only so many gay men and there are only so many gay kinky men. And in any city you live in, you know all the kinky men within a month because you go to the bar and there they all are and then you're done. So I think Recon's really valuable because it gives me a bigger pool where I'm more likely to find someone who matches all my interests is looking for what I'm looking for. Um, and so that's always been really important. Just the fact that understand you're probably not going to find someone locally. So broaden your horizons and recon's a great way to do that. Um, and then I think the other thing is not just using recon as a sex site. Like I have a lot of people who want to daddy this, daddy that, fuck me, fuck me, whatever in chat. Well, that's not how you're going to find someone to fall in love with. Probably you're going to have to actually talk to them and get to know them. Uh, I think, I think for me, um, it's remaining open. Uh, it's remaining teachable. Um, it's also, uh, means remaining, uh, having a sense of who you are. And if you don't know who you are in the community, that's okay. Um, but sometimes it does for me, it, like when I first went to my the leather bar in Indianapolis, it's not there anymore. Um, I was super nervous. I was so nervous because I'd never been out in my leather before. And for me, it's, it, it took a little bit of stepping outside the comfort zone a little bit to kind of walk up to someone and to say, hey, you know, or, and luckily people had never seen me there. So they were like, oh, hey, who are you? Like, and I was like, oh, my name is Joe and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it, 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 um, it takes a little bit of humility too, you know, because not everybody in the community knows everything. Um, like if, if I'm ever in a play scene and I think I know everything, that's when somebody gets hurt or that's when, um, you know, some, some of the ego play gets in there and it's like, okay, uh, I don't, uh, this is going the wrong way. Um, so I think those are, those are really some of the main ones because, um, when I was a boy, I always, well, I'm like, he's like, I'm like, I'm six, seven, I'm two seventy. Why am I a boy? So I was putting expectations on myself of who I think I should be. And although I, I felt like I wanted to please Adam, I never really felt like super, super submissive. So I think it's important, like, you know, kind of working on who your inner self is going to be as a loving man. You know, because it's not always about having leather. It's about, you know, feeling a connection to uh, what you feel like you want to be or who you think you want to be or who you are. And, you know, yeah, the leather helps, but 
Um, there's a lot of kinky things that you can do without leather. So I think leather is a sense of a brotherhood and a sense of a community, not just having leather. So I think those are some of the big ones um, for me. It's, it's about kind of, uh, um, it's, it's about the journey. Like, uh, like I say, the joy is the journey, you know. I will also add, when you make your recon profile, be clear about what you're looking for and make it readable. Like there's some profiles that are one, like just say, ask me. I'm not really going to approach that person. There are some profiles that are six pages long and I'm like, I'm not reading all of that. <laughs> yeah. The other component of that is read people's profiles. Yes. Many, many men have approached Joe and say, oh, I want to be your slave. And he's like, do you eat shit? And they go, oh, no, I don't eat shit. It's on his profile. Must eat shit, right? So if, and that's that sense of like using someone for sexual fantasy versus getting to know them. The profile is the first chance you have to really get to know someone. So take the time to read the damn thing. Yeah.